Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of us. You're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored, unfiltered thoughts and opinions on the world of movies and entertainment. So kick back, relax, and the Movie Nights Roundtable begins now. Welcome back, Nicholas. Thank you, thank you. Shout out to Hannah for filling in for me. Great job. Yeah, she was all right. How was your trip? It was cool. Boston's a cool city. No Ben Affleck, though. No, nope, that's a Very shame. sad. I went to every single Dunkin' Donuts in the state, <laughs> and there's a lot of them. <laughs> next time. You'll get them next time. Goddamn right I will. So we have an extremely exciting show for you today. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite fucking show to do the entire year, and we are going to predict the Oscar winners, which premiere this Sunday... And uh, we're going to be filming and hopefully posting a reaction that's not a year late to those awards. And also, we do have some box office and B-roll stuff to get to. So normally we would start the show with the movie news section of our show. But we've decided to take all those stories, make them B-roll so we can quickly get to the Oscar picks. So Nicholas, take me through the B-roll. All right. Uh, Our first story comes to us from Deadline. Uh, The Dune prequel series Dune. The Sisterhood uh, has a little shakeup. The director and uh, star have both exited the HBO Max series amid a creative overhaul and a production hiatus. Uh, recasting is currently going underway, as well as the search for the director, so don't expect that anytime soon. And that's on the heels of the showrunner leaving as well. Troubles afoot. Not great. Uh, next story also comes to us from Deadline. Uh, Sigourney Weaver has joined Miles Teller and Anya Taylor-Joy in The Gorge for Apple and Skydance. Uh, this movie is being directed by Scott Derrickson, yes. who we love, who did Doctor Strange 1, and as well as The Black Phone. Yes. Next story is a exclusive from Giant Freakin' Robot. Good for them. Which was confirmed by Deadline, so yes, yes good for them. Uh, the new Hellboo... Hell... Ooh. <laughs> the new Hellboy reboot that we reported on previously has found its Hellboy in Jack Kesey, who uh, previously starred in Baywatch. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and Deadpool 2, it says. Yep. Right on. Cool. Um, next story comes to us also from Deadline. A lot of Deadline this week. One, a Pokemon Detective Pikachu sequel is officially in the works at Legendary. Rad. I love that movie. But not only that, it found its director in Jonathan Crystal, who uh, is previously known for working on the Fred Armisen show Portlandia, which was very popular and very weird and quirky, which is exactly what Pokemon needs. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Next story comes to us from Variety. Uh, the Penguin series at HBO Max, Stalin Colin Farrell, obviously the TV show spinoff from the Robert Pattinson Batman, has cast Clancy Brown. Fuck yes. In a recurring role. As. Who many believe to be. B. I don't remember off the top of my head. Salvatore Moroni. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Fuck yes, indeed. I love Clancy Brown, who was in movies. <laughs> <laughs> he's the voice of Patrick on SpongeBob. He is, no, he's Mr. Krabs. Oh shit, that's right. He's Mr. He's Krabs. Mr. Krabs. He was Surtur in Thor Ragnarok. Yes, he, was he was the staff, uh, the army sergeant in, in the, the Punisher. Punisher. Uh-huh. Was he Boondock Saints? Is that him? I don't remember. He may be Boondock Saints. But he, he's a very versatile actor. No, that's actor. Bill Connolly. Yes. Never mind. But he's Sorry. a very versatile actor. He's in a lot. He's, he's a very actor. good. Uh, next story comes to us from The Wrap, our last story. This is kind of a big one, too. Mm-hmm. Analysts see a possibility of a sale of 67% of Disney's stake in Hulu being sold to Comcast, which is owned by Universal or owns Universal, in a switch-off to get the rights for Hulk and Namor fully. Yes, so quick recap. Uh, 
Universal owns the distribution rights to a Hulk movie, which is why there hasn't been one since 2008. And the same thing for Namor. That's why Namor had to be in a Black mm-hmm. Panther movie. And they're thinking maybe they can trade because they don't know if they're going to fold Hulu into Disney Plus or if they're going to sell Hulu because it's worth a lot of money. And they're thinking about making part of the trade the rights for that stuff back, which would be interesting play. But there's a question as to if it would be worth it at this point. My tinfoil hat says that um, Kevin Feige is a madman enough to where he stopped using the Hulk like they normally do for a while to make them think it's not that valuable so that they get him back and then they get the old Hulk back. <laughs> is that why you think the CGI looked awful too? Yes. <laughs> it's Scar and they're like, we're going to run this character into the ground. <laughs> Until you give it back. <laughs> Leave it to Kevin Feige to throw a fit over the Hulk. Yeah. If they get that, would they just be missing Spider-Man? I think so. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's all we got for the B-roll. Thank you, Nick. You did a great job plowing through that. Now we're going to move on to the box office section of our show. Box office. And very interesting things happened this weekend at the box office, Nicholas. I think I might have your predictions. I do have your predictions from last week. I listened to the show and wrote them down. (laughs) Ha. All right. What was Hannah's? Hannah had Creed, Ant-Man, Operation Fortune, uh, Cocaine Bear, and Avatar. Interesting. You had Creed, Cocaine Bear, Ant-Man, Avatar, Operation Fortune. We were both wrong. (laughs) What? Yeah, crazy, (laughs) right? Although, Cocaine Bear lost by Ant-Man by just $1 million. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 $1 million. So that was close. But. Oh, this is Monday. So these are the final final numbers. numbers. We did record on a Monday this week. Creed 3 came mm-hmm. in first with a $58 million opening weekend. Worldwide has already made $101 million. Good for Michael B. Jordan, the director of the film, his directorial debut, on a production budget of $75 million. So it's made one and a half times its budget. It's on its way to profitability probably by next week. Nice. Next, you have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And guys, I'm not going to mince words on this. This is bad. Uh, total worldwide has made $419 million. It's just going down on slump. It might barely cross five hundred million, and that might be it for Ant Man and the Wasp. But normally, any movie would kill to make five hundred million dollars at the box office. But this is the kickoff to Phase Five, and had a budget of two hundred. So they used to crank out a billion like it was nothing. like it was nothing. Nothing. And listen, That's sad to see. If Marvel says that they're not worried about it, they're lying to you. And uh, I think we're going to see some interesting moves there. And I'll say it. Well, the movie isn't fantastic. It's not. I liked it. I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't deserve to make this little. But to each his own. Cocaine Bear has made $52 million worldwide so far with a much smaller budget than $200 million. So it's probably going to be on its way to profitability sometime soon. Good for that movie. It's really fun. Coming in fourth was Demon Slayer, the recent release movie, which made $10 million. Cocaine Bear making eleven. Ant-Man of the Wasp making 12. The animes always get you. And it's always that one week, then they have major drop-offs. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to go, and then that's it. And that's made $22 million worldwide so far. And coming in fifth, hanging in the top five, Jesus Revolution, making $8.6 million. Operation Fortune didn't come in until seventh place, making $3.1 million. Total worldwide box office 23, as it had already opened overseas previously. Man, I still love Guy Ritchie though. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! And we're gonna get we're gonna get to Operation Fortune, guys. Don't you fucking worry about that. And to uh, Creed Three as well. But, ladies and gentlemen, predictions do you want for next to week? do predictions for next week? I'd like to. I, I called like you, ladies them. and gentlemen, instead of Nick. <laughs> I, I thought I didn't know if I was gonna talk to the camera or you there for a second. I like to do the predictions. All right, I'm going to go. What's opening this week? Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hold on now. I'm going to go Scream uh-huh. 6. Uh-huh. I'm going to go Creed 3. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with 65. Okay. No, you know what? I'm going to go Ant-Man. Okay. I'm going to go 65. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go Cocaine Bear. I want to do the exact same as you, but flip Ant-Man and... um. 65 you think 65 is coming in three yep okay so you want scream six scream six is taking this easy creed three Mm -hmm. 65 are you good buddy no and cocaine bear (laughs) i dig it hell yeah there we go ladies and gentlemen those are our predictions let's see how wrong we are next week and now you guys it is time for the best fucking time of the year it's oscar season ladies and gentlemen and we oh it's getting real thank god there's a couch there there isn't (laughs) it's getting real and we're gonna pull up our nominations predictions ladies and gentlemen and i'm not gonna lie while i do have some we're mostly gonna be doing this i think you're doing all of yours live i am doing mine live (laughs) nice you have yours already done uh yes but it was like weeks ago so they're early so i might look at them and be like i'm not gonna do that so if you want to join in on our game if you're new here to the channel first of all welcome secondly this is how we play our version of the game for each category you get two choices a first choice and a second choice your first choice is worth five points your second choice is worth two points best picture is different however you get three choices number one is worth 10 points number two i believe is still two points i thought it was five I thought it was five and three for the rest of them. I thought it was five and two. I don't remember. It's it's whatever, one of those. It's whatever you say it is right now, Chief. Well, I think I did five and two because okay. I, I didn't want two second places to be worth more than one first place. Right. Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. So it's five and two, but I believe best picture it's ten. I think it's maybe it's four. Ten, four, and one. Ten, three, and one. We'll go three. Your first choice is worth 10 points. Your second choice is worth three. Your third choice is worth one point. You add them all together at the end, whoever has the most points wins. So uh, let's go ahead and get some of the um, not-as-known categories out of the way. We're going to start off with best live-action short. All right, let's get into this, shall we? I've got highlighters. I'm ready to go. Yes, yes. All right, best live-action short. Here are the nominees. Ivalu, The Red Suitcase, Night Ride, Le Pupel, and An Irish Goodbye. You've seen some of these, yes? I have seen three of them. I've seen Le Pupel, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase. I've not seen Irish Goodbye or Ivalu. They are not streaming anywhere. Interesting, because I have an Irish Goodbye as number one based on I like the name alone. <laughs> I have it as my number one because <laughs> I also cross-referenced the Vegas odds mm-hmm. as well as... Um, just what I've been seeing people talk about online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two, I am going to go with The Red Suitcase. Okay. Because I watched that one, and it is a very good, tense story that I thought was very well made compared to the other two that I saw. I have not seen Ivalu. Uh I liked The Red Suitcase more than Le Pupel and Night Ride. Gotcha. I have my second choice as Le Pupel, and I'm doing that based solely on Vegas Hunt. <laughs> Fair. You know, that's hard because Red Suitcase I watched on YouTube, Le Pupel was a Disney Plus original. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Dang. Didn't mm-hmm. know about that. Um, let's move on to Best Documentary Short. They have Stranger at the Gate, 
the Martha Mitchell effect. How do you measure a year? Hullout, Hulout, and the Elephant Whisperers, which I have as my number one because it sounds cool. And number two, I have Stranger at the Gate for the same reason. Uh, I'm going to go with Hullout, number one. Okay. And now this is one that I am basing off of it being my favorite. That one is available on YouTube. I uh-huh. highly recommend everyone to watch that one. I loved it. It's about walruses and like climate change and everything, and it's really good. All right. Uh, and I'm going to go with The Elephant Whispers. As your number two? As my number two. Okay. That one also very good. The only one I have not watched is How Do You Measure a Year? Um, that one's not available anywhere. Gotcha. Ginger at the Gate was solid. The Martha Mitchell effect, I was okay. Iffy. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, best animated short. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, My Year of Dicks, The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, and An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It, and that is my easy number one choice based on the title alone. (laughs) So I'm going The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse Mm -hmm. as my number one. I thought that had some beautiful animation on it, and I liked the story. It was very kind of just heartwarming. Uh, It has Idris Elba in it, funny enough. Um. And then my number two, I'm going to go with An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake. Mine is flipped. I did one and two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend The Ice Merchants. Yeah. I thought that was a very beautifully animated. It's like hand-drawn okay. kind of sketch. And it's just a really good story that I really enjoyed. But I think that these two, on an animation level and a story level on top of it, I think are the two top ones. Yeah. Good. Gotcha. All right. Best International Film, All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, Close, The Quiet Girl, EO, it's it's all quiet. It's all quiet on the Western Front taking this award. That is correct. My second choice being Argentina 1985. I'm also doing the exact same thing there. Yep. Uh, but like it's, it's, it's all quiet. It's all quiet's going to win this award. I think this is a lock. Easy. I, I do want to watch EO. I've heard good things about it. Um. I was shocked. Obviously, RRR didn't make it. I was really shocked. No decision to leave. I've heard really good. Things I was about really that shocked one. by that as well. And with RRR just being India, didn't select it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was also very shocked by no decision to leave. Um, best documentary feature: A House Made of Splinters, Navalny, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, All That Breathes, and Fire of Love. I have Fire of Love in my first choice, and A House Made of Splinters as my second choice. Okay, I have Navalny. As your number one? As my number one. Okay. And Fire Love as my number two. Uh, I have not watched All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire Love, or A House Made of Splinters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard Fire Love's fantastic. That's actually, I'm watching it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched Navalny, and I thought that was an incredible documentary. All right. What's that one about? Uh, there was this politician who uh, was trying to run against Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. who got poisoned. Ah, interesting. What? He lives, but he lives is like the whole thing Mm -hmm. about it. Um, And it's just watching that and like him going back to Russia for the first time and just everything about it is so intriguing and just seeing the Russian side of like the government and everything was really cool. That was very interesting. I got to check those out. Best animated feature. Oh boy. This is when shit gets interesting. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, The Sea Beast, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Turning Red. I think the, it easily comes down to 
Pinocchio and Puss in Boots. I think so as well. I, I'm sticking with Pinocchio as my number one. Although I would not be shocked in the slightest if Puss in Boots win, wins this award. But it is my number two just because Pinocchio has been sweeping the awards. But the Oscars does a surprise every year and this could easily be it. So it would not shock me if Puss in Boots did end up winning. I have the same as you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both are just absolutely wonderful films. Yes. I liked everything in the animation category personally. Mm-hmm. Turning Red was eh. Mm-hmm. Fine. And Sea Beast was fine too, but I like pirates and nautical shit, so I kind of ate it up a bit. Yeah. Um, I still disagree with Marcel the show she's on, but that's for a different time. Yeah. But I also just love Guillermo del Toro, so I want him to win anyway. Yes, absolutely. Same. Um, best visual effects Avatar The Way of Water, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther Forever, Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. Um, it's, it's Avatar. It's Avatar The Way of Water. Now. If it doesn't win, it is because the Academy is very good at recognizing that the award is not the most visual effects, it's the best visual effects. And sometimes the best visual effects are effects you don't even know are visual effects. Hence, First Man beating Avengers Infinity War that one year. Yes. Top Gun Maverick is my number two choice for that reason. Interesting. Okay. Just in case. And now look, the Avatar is going to win. This mm-hmm. It's going to win. But I think if there's going to be a movie on this list that will take it based on impressive, like you didn't realize you were looking at visual effects, it's going to be either Top Gun or All Quiet. I'm going to go Personally. All Quiet just to keep things spicy. Just to keep it spicy, yes. yes. But it's 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 going to Avatar. I would be shocked. Yes. Oh, oh, I would love to hear the James Cameron interview about that. <laughs> oh, I yes. kind of hope it doesn't win now. <laughs> oh, that's kind of the award itself, isn't it? <laughs> it would be. It would be, yes. Uh, next is Best Sound, Best Noise. Uh, the Batman, Avatar The Way of Water, Elvis, Top Gun Maverick, All Quiet on the Western Front. Ooh, that's a tough one. It is. I went with number one, Top Gun Maverick. And number two, I struggled with. I was going to do Elvis, mm-hmm. but I did All Quiet on the Western Front. I, I wish I could give it to the Batman alone based on the Batmobile sound single-handedly, but I, I think that Top Gun and All Quiet have the best chances at winning. I think that I agree with you on that. I'm going to actually do the same thing. All right. That's what I was thinking, yeah. There we go. There we go. All right, best song. Ooh. Not Too Not Too from RRR, Lift Me Up from Black Panther, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, Everything Everywhere All at Once for This Is a Life, and Tell It Like a Woman from Applause. Now, I think it's going to go to Not Too Not Too from RRR personally, because I think they want to award this movie and this is the way to do it, and they're performing a song live at the show. That's going to be fun. It'll be really That's fun. That's going to be really yes. fun. Number two, my second choice, I have... Lift Me Up from Black Panther 2. I also have that. My main reason being, I don't think anyone's ever performed at the Super Bowl and then won the Oscar, ever, the same year. Oh, interesting. So, I don't know. I am I look at stuff like that, like, would this be, like, a major thing that happens? And it would be a major thing that happened, so. Is it major, though, or is it just kind of neat? It's kind of neat. I think it's just kind of <laughs> neat. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know. I think it, I think, just think they're neat. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I have the same thing, also just because I think it's the second best song. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's also you know, kind of my reasoning. That's also kind of, you know, yeah. why people vote, I guess. Uh, best score. My number one choice, I have Babylon. And the other nominees are The Fablemans, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Banshees of Inishirin, and Everything Everywhere All at Once. My second p- 
choice actually being All Quiet on the Western Front. But I think this might be one of the only awards Babylon wins, despite another one that I have as my first choice later on. But yeah, and just and this is I, I'm basing this off of a personally. Mm-hmm. I I just personally really love the score to Babylon. Well, I think I actually agree with you, but I'm going Fableman's number two. Johnny Williams? Just because of John Williams yep. alone. It's like, oh, God, Roger Deakins is nominated for cinematography, <laughs> which we'll actually get into. Yeah, yeah, we will. We certainly will. Uh, next up is Best Production Design. Nominees are Avatar The Way of Water, The Fablemans, Elvis, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Babylon. And I actually have the same two from the previous. I have Babylon 1, All Quiet 2. Now, Babylon as number one is a whack choice. I, I don't know how many people are going to think it will win, but... Um, I think it's. I think it had the best production design personally, and I think if there's going to be an outlier that sneaks up and wins this, it's going to be Elvis. Can you go into a little bit about production design? Yes. So basically, how the sets are decorated and how or how a visual world looks. So for example, Mustafar from Star Wars Episode Three. That is production design because it's it's an art direction that then becomes. Phys- even if it's not physically real it like manifests in that world mm-hmm. and it's basically it's the design of the world in front of the camera from a prop production standpoint understood mm-hmm. i'm gonna go all quiet number one okay and i'm going to go with avatar as my second choice yep. here <laughs> were you wondering like avatar none of that was real <laughs> yeah that, that's why i was like elaborate farther yeah. like yeah yeah I, I although how funny would it be if like they're showing clips for the nominees and it says avatar and it's just a warehouse <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny uh okay best makeup and hairstyling this is where it gets difficult nominees the batman all quiet on the western front black panther wakanda forever elvis and the whale i have the whale at number one and i have elvis at number two Although I think the Batman could sneak in there and win just for Colin Farrell alone. Thoughts? This one's tricky. I mean, I think it goes to the whale personally. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go whale number one. See, I'm getting nervous because part of me wants to just keep going with all quiet because of like just Mm -hmm. some of the simplicity of certain things that they're doing. But Colin Farrell is good. Like... But you're also overlooking Elvis. You're overlooking Tom Hanks. You're overlooking Austin Butler as he gets older. Okay, yes, but here's the thing. I look at The Whale. I look at Brendan Fraser in The Whale. I look at Tom Hanks in Elvis, Mm -hmm. right? I see Brendan Fraser, and I see Tam Hanks. I see where you're going, yeah. I don't fucking see Colin Farrell, no matter how much I look. Yeah. Now, I think the whale's makeup overall, I think, was better on the technical level, but I yeah. don't see Colin Farrell. Yeah. And I've looked. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going Batman. You're going Batman number one? No, number two. Oh, okay. Woo! No, I'm going whale number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. it's We're getting into the nitty-gritty, Nicholas, right after this one. Best costume design. Nominees are Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Good for them. Babylon. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Elvis, and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I have Elvis at number one, and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever at number two, because that costume designer wins a lot. Although, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris could sneak in there. It's its only nomination, and it's a fashion-based movie, I believe. 
Am I crazy to want to go everything in Babylon? I don't think you're crazy. I think that's funny as fuck, actually. Why? Go on. Just because, like, the odds are against them. Really? Yeah. So, like, if they won, it would just be, like, that could be the, the game winner. Or, like, if we have a lot of the same choices, like, it could come down well, to costume design. Well, you know what it is for me is I think I'm jumping to, like, a VFX thing where yeah. it's, like, most costume designs and yeah. fun ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, mm. you know what? I'm gonna go. What's he gonna do? I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm paused for this long. It's this okay. is a tough one. It's okay. I told you mine, right? You said you're going Black Elvis and Black Panther. Yeah. Screw it. I'm going to do it. What's I'm number gonna, one? I'm going to go everything, everywhere, all at once, number one. <laughs> Shit. No. I'm going to go Babylon, number one. Babylon, number one? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this one so hard for Dude, me? Dude, it's difficult as hell. Elvis's costumes were good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to play it safe with one of them. Okay. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to go Babylon, mm-hmm. number one. Okay. And I'm going to go with Elvis, number two. Okay. And I think I'll sleep a little better with that. All right. All right. All right. Now we're getting into the nitty gritty, Nicholas. Best film editing. And I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually making a change here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So... Here are the nominees. Tar, The Banshees of Venus Sheeran, Top Gun Maverick, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Elvis. My number one choice is Everything Everywhere All at Once. My number two is Top Gun Maverick. Mm. And it's because those are the two movies that won at the Ace Editing Awards. (laughs) I did... I had Elvis in there. Just because... Every time. Every time. And the, the Bohemian Rhapsody thing, which I was right about when it happened. But... Ace Editing, Everything, and Top Gun. Those are my one and two for that reason. No Tar. No Tar. No Tar, not feeling Tar. I love how Tar is edited. I just don't think it's winning. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Everything, Everywhere, All at Once as my number one. And I'm going to go with Elvis. As my number two. You're doing it. There were so many cuts and montages. <laughs> they can't resist them. They can't resist it. They love it. They love Boslerman too. Yes, they do. I'm going with <laughs> That's that. That's a tough one. That is tight. All right. This is where this is where it gets risky, Nicholas. Screenplays? No. Ooh. Best cinematography. Nominees are. Shit, sorry. It's okay. Empire of Light. Tar. Bardo. All Quiet on the Western Front, and Elvis. First of all, let's talk for a second. No nominations for the Batman and no nominations for Top Gun. Insane. Mm-hmm. Empire Light's not even, like... But it's Roger Deakins. That's what, like, that's what's upsetting. Yeah. My... I'm gonna let you go first before I reveal mine, actually. 
Because this is not how I feel. These are just my choices. I'm going to go all quiet on the Western Front mm -hmm. as my number one choice. Okay. And I'm going to go with Bardo as my number two choice. Okay. I'm about an hour hey, into it. Hey, Bardo could... It's the only nomination, I believe, it could come out and take the win. I, uh... Yeah, I'm an hour into it. It's pretty good. My number one is also All Quiet on the Western Front, mm -hmm. a movie I haven't seen. Very good movie. My number two is Elvis. You think? I do. Interesting. Because one, the cinematography is very good yeah. in, in the movie. I think... Academy loves the movie a whole lot more than we do. <laughs> and I think this could be an award it gets. Now, I do think All Quiet is number one. Mm -hmm. Granted, of that list and of the ones I've seen, I would have voted for Tar. Mm -hmm. I thought the cinematography in Tar was crazy good. But I think it's going to come down to All Quiet and Elvis. I hope the clip they roll for Elvis for editing is the he's white scene. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right, though. Oh, man. Best original screenplay. Best original screenplay. Oh, my God. All right, the nominees are The Fablemans, Triangle of Sadness, The Banshees of Venus Sheeran, Tar, and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Everything Everywhere just won the WGA award. I just can't shake this feeling, Nicholas. Uh, I put Banshees as number one. I'm putting Banshees as Banshees number, one, number one, too. One. Now, listen, this movie could easily walk away empty-handed, but I think they're going to throw it a bone. I hate to use that phrase. I think they're going to throw it a bone, and I think it's in this category just because I think Everything Everywhere is going to win other categories. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to do Banshees number one, Everything Everywhere number two, man. That part could come me, back to bite me, but... Part of me wants to throw in a triangle. Just for some razzle-dazzle? I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to go everything. Banshee's number one. I love that movie. Yes. That was my number one last year. Mm -hmm. I think everything was yours, right? Yes. And Banshee's number two. I think yeah. we had it flipped. Yeah. Here's my thing about the screenplay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm going to go on a tangent here. Okay. I think everything everyone wants is a fantastic movie and mm -hmm. is deserving of all this claim. Yeah. As is Banshees of Inisherin. Yes. Banshees of Inisherin is just two guys on an island. <laughs> And it keeps you engaged for two hours yeah. and doesn't need a lot of the flash that mm -hmm. everything everyone wants has. Now, granted, both stories are has have many layers to them. Yeah. I'm not discrediting that. And like the mm -hmm. little, um, what's it called? Nuances. Nuances. Of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. I just think that Banshees does more with a more simple premise. Mm -hmm. Fair. And that's my argument. Okay. Okay. Fair. Best Adapted Screenplay. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Top Gun Maverick Somehow, Living, Women Talking, and Glass Onion. My number one is Women Talking. My ooh, number ooh. two is Glass Onion. I think, not to use the phrase again, but they're going to throw a bone to Women Talking, and it did win at the WGA Awards, and I think that one will carry over. Did the first Knives Out win? No, but it was nominated. It was nominated. Stop Gun Maverick nominated. <laughs> I don't know. It's not that good of a script, like no, screenplay. No, it's is, a great movie. Yeah, it's an excellent movie. The screenplay is the weakest part. Is of my it. audio alright if my mic's down here? Sure, why not? I just can't see shit. <laughs> You're fine. As long as you go with it. Yeah, that's tough. I'm gonna go with. 
I'm going to go the same as you, actually, on that one. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to go women talking. That's fair. And I'm going to go with Glass Onion. Oh, man. Now, Women Talking is actually the only movie in the top 10 for best feature that I have not seen yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, It comes to Prime on Wednesday, so I have plans Wednesday to watch that. But I have heard nothing but wonderful things about it. Obviously, screenplay and a Best Picture nomination, it's a good movie. Yes. So I'm very excited to watch it. Yes, I, I, I'm plan on watching it. I, I'm not. I can't watch it Wednesday, but I do plan on watching it before as the well. before yeah. the Oscars. Yeah. All right. Best supporting actor: Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Inisherin; Barry Keegan, The Banshees of Inisherin; Brian Tyree Henry for Causeaway; Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans; and Ki Hu Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This is supporting actor. Yes. My number one is Ki Hu Kwan. I think he's been winning every award, and I don't foresee a surprise happening with this category. I do foresee one later on, uh, maybe, potentially. But I'm going to go Kiyu Kwan number one, and my number two, I have Brendan Gleeson, because I don't believe he's won, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, please. I'm going to go Kiyu Kwan, mm-hmm. obviously, because I think he's the best out of this category. And number two, I'm going to go Barry Keegan. Keoghan. Yeah. Uh, Banshees, I think. He did win the BAFTA. I think both of them are fantastic in Banshees, him and Brendan Gleeson. I think I just think Barry Keoghan's performance I thought was fantastic. It is great. Yes. Hey, it's it's look now. But Kihu Kwan. Yeah. No. Hey, there's surprises every year. There's yep. going to be a category that totally blows us away, but I don't foresee it being this one. But hey, I didn't think Olivia Coleman was going to beat Glenn Close that one year. I'll say that. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to Best Supporting Actress. Ooh. This one's interesting. This is a tough one. This one, I think, if there is going to be a surprise, it's this category. But I did kind of play it safe. Here are the nominees. Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin. Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Want to talk us through the award season runs on these ones? Because it's been wild. It's been wild. So Angela Bassett has started winning a lot of the early awards. And she did do that thing. She did do that thing. You're correct. Um... People weren't sure if Stephanie Hsu was going to be double nominated with Jamie Lee. It did happen, which blew people's minds. And Jamie Lee is all of us. Jamie Lee is all of us. Um, Hong Chow also got a little nomination in there. Carrie Condon was always expected to get nominated, but she hasn't won anything. And then Jamie Lee came out of nowhere and won the SAG Award. Out of nowhere. I don't think she's going to win. I could be wrong. See, this, this category is now up in the air to me. Yeah. But here, my number one choice is Angela Bassett. For for some reason, I'm like, I feel like this is her award to lose. Mm-hmm. I just do. My number two is Carrie Condon. Because I think if there's going to be a surprise, like, bam, out of nowhere, Carrie Condon winning would be that surprise. I don't think it as much as I think Angela Bassett's taking it. But I don't think the surprise will be Jamie Lee, like at the SAG Awards. I think the surprise will be Carrie Condon. Personally, would I be happy with any? Honestly, I, I'll tell you. Hong Chao should have been nominated for the menu. Yes, first of all. <laughs> These are tortillas. <laughs> but I will say, both supporting actor and supporting actress, if any of the people nominated won, it would not upset me. Brian Tyree Henry is so good in Causeway. Yeah. I watched it. That is a very good movie. I was honestly shocked Jennifer Lawrence didn't get more acclaim. Really? Yep. Wow. Be like, I, I'd be fine with any of these performers. I'm anything. going Stephanie Shu number one. <laughs> oh, snap. And I'm going Angela Bassett, number two. Okay. Okay. Hey, 
She's excellent in that movie. I know, and I I love Jamie Lee Curtis, and I will support everything she does always. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Hsu is so much better in that movie. I think so, too. That I, even if Jamie Lee wins this, like, I can't put myself to vote for her. Yeah. Now, granted, two of them could be, I could just pick both of them and play it safe. Yeah. But Angela Bassett is so good. And yeah. you're going to tell me that Oscar clip of, I am the queen of the most powerful nation, and like, my entire family is it, gone. It writes itself. Yeah. Like, come on. Also. Like, even from the trailer, everyone was like, that's Angela yeah, Bassett's Oscar yeah. clip. Yeah. Also, I think if there's a category that's completely up in the air, it's this one. Yeah. I genuinely think any of the people here could win. I don't think Hong Chao. Probably not Hong Chao. But now, that would be a surprise, bro. That would that <laughs> would be Chow very interesting. Yeah. Whew. All right. All right. Now we're moving on to best actor. Best actor. Nominees. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Go on. Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nighy. Bill Nighy, thank you for coming. <laughs> it's an honor to see you up there. Paul Mescal. I love you in about time. Yes. Paul Mescal, you have a great career ahead of you. I can't wait to see you in Gladiator. After Sun is a very good movie. That's what I've heard. I really want to watch it. It's really good. That's what I've heard. So, it's a three-horse race. But, unfortunately, I think someone shot Colin Farrell's horse in the leg. <laughs> he just hasn't won anything. <laughs> My heart. That's true. But he's always had it. It's between Frazier and Butler. And they they keep going back and forth, <laughs> like winning. And it's so... Now, granted, this makes me think, though. Hear me out. Um, in 2002, for the... I think it was 2003 Academy Awards. So exactly 20 years ago. Exactly 20 years ago. I forget the two actors that were going back and forth. But two actors were going back and forth winning all the awards. And then Adrian Brody won for The Pianist. Will history repeat itself? Colin Farrell. And Colin Farrell wins. <laughs> My number one is Brendan Fraser. Do you think it's too My number nuanced? two is Austin Butler. I did the same thing. Okay. Do you think the other ones are just too, like, I don't want to say, like, nuanced, but, like, the Academy, very subtle? And do you think the Academy likes the they, more, like... They like showy performances, mm-hmm. yeah. But, hey, they're... I mean, great performances from everyone. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not saying yeah. showy yeah. isn't yeah. good, but I feel yeah. like a lot of times those performances tend to lose yeah. steam. Yeah. Unless you're an actress in a leading role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a tough one. Like, I, I have Frazier and Butler 1 and 2, like you. Yeah. Would not be would not fall out of my chair if Farrell came back and won this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm doing an actress now because I know what we're going to do here. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm going <laughs> for it. All right. Best Actress nominees. Anna de Armas, Andrea Riseborough, Kate Blanchett, Michelle Williams, Michelle Yeoh. I'm going to say it, guys. Early on, when I saw Tar, I said... It's over. Kate Blanchett's going to take it. She's my number two. Buddy, I think this is going to Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. I really do. I think Michelle Yeoh's taking it number one. Kate Blanchett number two. I think Riseboro might have taken away some Blanchett votes. I think if you were going to vote for Yeoh, you were voting for Yeoh all the way. 
I'm going Kate Blanchett number one. You are now, 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 and, and Michelle Yeoh number and Michelle hey, Yeoh number two. I'd be happy with either of them winning. By the way, they and, were both phenomenal. And, and there may be some recency bias here, as I just, just finished Tar yeah. right before I came yeah. over to film. Um, but I don't. I just that performance. Like I was glued to the screen the whole time. Yeah, but that it, whole movie, dude, like it might be the best performance of her entire career. It is filled with many excellent performances. I love yeah. her. In, I love her in Ocean's Eight. Yeah, dude, listen, the movie is great. The movie's phenomenal. No one's talking about how good Tar is. Tar is fucking great. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Kate Blanchett. I need it. But man, I love Michelle Yeoh and like just the award season. And just I would love to see like Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Su, and Kihu Kwan take these acting yeah. nomination roles because I don't think there's. Yeah, no one for lead for male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love Andrea Risenborough to win this bitch. I would love it so bad. Just <laughs> could you imagine her speech? It'd be chaos. Fuck you guys. <laughs> that'd be so awesome. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Uh but yeah. So your number one's Blanchett, number two, yo? Yes, sir. Alright. It's gonna be a battle. Alright. You might think I'm crazy for this one. Best director. Nominees are Todd Field for Tar, Ruben Oslin for Triangle of Sadness, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, The Daniels for Everything Everywhere, and Martin McDonough, The Banshees of Inishirin. Steven Spielberg is my number two. I thought he had this race Mm -hmm. the whole time. I think Fablemans is going home empty-handed. And I think the Daniels are going to fucking win. Yeah. Which is why I don't, which is why I think Banshees is going to take screenplay. That That's just my feel. I could be completely fucking wrong about this. But I think if it's not the Daniels, it's absolutely Steven Spielberg. Interesting. I'm going to keep things fancy here. Uh-huh. I am going with the Daniels uh-huh. as my number one choice. Mm-hmm. And I sat here for a while and I wanted to put Martin McDonough. Yeah. Because... I love him, yeah. and I love all of his movies. And I really didn't care for the Fablemans. I think Steven Spielberg is a fantastic director. <laughs> Hot take. Water wet. <laughs> and again, there may be some recency bias going on here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do, gonna it, gonna anyway. do it anyway. I'm gonna doing do it, it anyway. <laughs> putting Todd Field for Tar? I'm putting Todd Field Tar. Ooh, okay. Hey, it's a fucking amazingly directed movie. It's one of the best directed movies of the year. I know. That's why he's nominated. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I I, I won't lie to you. I would love it. I would love to see it. And hey, there's there's a story around him because he studied under Kubrick. It's Spielberg. I mean, I know if if it's not the Daniels, it is Spielberg. You're right. Mm -hmm. But and again, recency bias. But I don't know. It was such a good movie. It is. All right. This is where it gets interesting. I don't think so. Uh, best picture we get three choices let me read you the nominees All Quiet on the Western Front Avatar The Way of Water The Banshees of Inishirin Elvis Everything Everywhere All at Once The Fablemans Tar Top Gun Maverick Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking Nicholas my number three Mm -hmm. is All Quiet on the Western Front Ooh, go off. It's nominated an ev- a shit ton of times. Mm-hmm. It's going to win Best International. 
and we've seen a trend with Parasite of it. It's it's possible to take both, and it has a lot of love, so I think there's a chance. My number two choice, and I'm so fucking serious, is Top Gun Maverick. I'm so serious. That's my number two choice. Dude, I'm so serious. Hey, hear me out. This is why. Hey, hey, you're laughing. That viral video. Steven Spielberg. Of Steven Spielberg telling Tom Cruise, you saved Hollywood. That is a real story that's going on. Tell me I'm crazy for thinking it could win. My number I, one. I think you're crazy. <laughs> my number one, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. I think this movie just took the world by storm, and it hasn't stopped. My only worry is that this movie peaked too early, and it does the La La Land thing. It does the the uh, Irishman thing, the thing where it suddenly becomes cool to hate on a movie, and people start hating on this movie for no reason during Oscar voting. But I don't foresee that happening. Okay. So my number one, everything, everywhere. My number two, Top Gun Maverick. My number three, All Quiet. I'm going number three, All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. Because I agree with you about the parasite and everything, mm-hmm. and I don't want my recency bias to yeah. play into tar. I think you're batshit insane about Top Gun Maverick <laughs> as much as I love that I'm movie. I'm just saying. It's, it's, it might happen, guys. My it number, might happen. My number two is Banshees of Inishirin. It was my favorite movie of last year, and my body would not allow me to put it it was difficult for to me, not Nick. put it on it. Yeah. Um, and my number one, I'm going everything ever all at once. I think that's a, a lock. I also want to point out something. Mm-hmm. I'm defending my Top Gun Maverick choice yeah. for number two. The PGA Awards. Everything Everywhere won. Mm-hmm. That's producers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Guess who was presented their own award as a special achievement and got a whole unedited speech. Tom Cruise. Yes. <laughs> Tom Cruise. God damn it. Dude, I'm telling you, it is possible that Top Gun wins. I'm so telling you. Can you imagine it doesn't get any of the other awards it's nominated for? It just wins Best Picture. No, no, no. Can I tell you this? Yeah. This won't happen. If it wins screenplay, it's winning Best Picture. It's not going to win screenplay. But I'm just saying, if we're watching it yeah. and it wins screenplay, that's it. It's winning Best Picture. <laughs> And you know it's true, too. <laughs> I love it. That's a make or breaker. I hope it comes down to whoever wins Best Picture wins and it's Top Gun and I get the second place cho- the, the second place points to win it. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, guys, those are our picks for the Academy Awards. Will you watch along? Will you play along? We'll go over the results next week on the show. Now we're going to move on to the movie review section of our show, and we have two movies to talk about, although, in a shocking turn of events, I'm the only one that saw both movies. I <laughs> was in Boston looking for Ben Affleck. <laughs> I didn't find him. Got <laughs> You didn't find him. Got him. So, first movie, let's talk about Creed 3. Okay. Um, Creed. For those, of you, yep, for those of you who don't know, is a continuation of the Rocky franchise with Michael B. Jordan playing Adonis Creed, son of Apollo Creed. Uh, the first film, I think, is excellent. It's my second favorite film in the franchise behind the first Rocky. The second film, I enjoyed very much so. It was stepped down, sure, but 
it was really lovely. I thought it brought like emotional weight and baggage to like the Drago story, which I thought was impossible. I love serious sequels to fun movies. Yes, yes. Yes, we do. And this film is also Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, Creed Three, with Jonathan Majors as the villain character in the movie. I need his agent. Yeah, right? Jesus. Oh, Christ. Quick, name the Jonathan Majors movie where he comes in the third installment as the antagonist. Ant-Man 3. No, Creed 3. <laughs> Both. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I love this movie, and I think it's my favorite movie of the year so far. It is March, and next week Scream comes out, so this is going to change. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of quality. Regardless. <laughs> but, um, but yes, I, I love this film. Um, I do think it is a step up from Creed 2, but not as n- nearly as good as Creed 1, but I think Creed 1 is like an A-plus movie. Um, this film, I thought, as Michael B. Jordan as a director, not only did he nail the fight scenes, the fight scenes are very stylistic. You can tell this guy loves anime just from watching That's the fight scenes. That's what I've scenes. been hearing, yeah. It's, they were done really well. And the it was the nuances, it was the little stuff mm-hmm. as a director that he nailed. He nails emotional beats as a director. As an actor, we knew he was going to. He's a phenomenal actor. And he's great in the movie. As is Jonathan Majors. Yes. Yes. And he's, again, a showstopper in this movie. But as a director, I was really impressed with some of the work in the movie, especially the more nuanced stuff. Now, you can tell that there there's some stuff that's not that's quite... They do it for the sake of pace instead of the sake of the story and character. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's paced exceptionally well. The, I'm not going to spoil it, but... You know how there's, like, the build-up right before the training montage of, like, when they finally decide that the fight's going to happen? Yeah. That scene is, like, one minute. And I'm not going to tell you how it goes down. It is so good, though. Like, it's literally, like, really quick. And it's like, we're going to fight. Let's do it. And then montage. Like, it was just, like... Nice. It was so funny. I loved it. And um, the emotional stakes were really felt. And you bought that these guys knew each other for a long time. Because that's the backstory of the movie is they knew each other when they were younger. Okay. And you feel the rage of the antagonist. You feel the sympathy of the protagonist. And, like, you genuinely feel for both of these guys as they're fighting. And the punches hit harder when they hurt you in the heart. You know what I mean? Can I get that on a throw pillow? Sure you can. (laughs) I've got a couple... uh speedball questions for you rapid fire that i've just been curious on the online discourse obviously no spoilers but uh i've heard one of the best final fights of the entire rocky franchise yes Yes. i've heard one of the best antagonists of the rocky franchise thoughts yes yes Yes. interesting he's very good how is tessa thompson amazing as always did you miss rocky no and that is the most interesting part. Do they say anything? They mention Rocky. Okay. But, but they don't mention what he's up to right now. Yeah. Basically, I don't consider this a spoiler. Well, um, he's not in the movie. If that's well, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. But like, I don't consider what I'm about to say a spoiler. Okay. Surprise, surprise. The lead villain in the movie wants to fight for the heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. And the argument is why they won't do it is like, listen, you have no professional fights to your name. You're a complete amateur. Like, it doesn't make any business sense for us to do that. And he's like, oh, uh, see Apollo versus Rocky. You've done it before. Gotcha. And that's the only time they really mention it. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's it. And granted, he didn't really belong in the story. Now, could, could, if you wanted to force him in, could you have gone routes to do it? Sure. But 
at no point in the movie did I feel like, damn, Rocky should have been, like, should have like been. Like, the movie, do you think the movie would have been better with him in it? I don't think so. Right on. Like, there's no scene in the movie that would have been like, damn, that would have felt more if it was Rocky, you yeah. know? Like, none of, there's none of that. I feel like, I, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen the movie yet. I feel like they, I feel like Tessa Thompson was kind of a big part of the first Creed mm-hmm. and just kind of was in a few scenes, like, was there to do the job as the, the love yeah. interest in the second one. But I feel like anything Rocky ever said to him outside of training, I feel like could have been said by Tessa Thompson and had just as much of an emotional impact. Yeah, fair. And do you think that they kind of transferred that to her in it? In a way. Okay. I don't want to spoil what's really going on with the family dynamic there. Fair. But it's, mm-hmm. it is interesting. Okay. Um, I will say, of the Creed movies, the weakest final training montage Damn, you hate like it does. Like it doesn't suck, right? Yeah, but it it was the weakest of the three. Think Creed Four is that possibility? Yeah, especially yeah. with the money it just made. Yeah. Now they do end the movie in a way to where if this was the last Creed, it is a send off. Yeah, in a way, but they could do it for sure. They give them another chance to. Yeah, I direct a little bit. Yeah. I love the montage in Creed Two. I honestly think of the three Creed movies, the Creed Two montage is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I love it. I don't. I just a little tangent there. I love the montage in Creed too, but no. But I I thoroughly love the movie. Can I quickly pitch you Creed Four? Go on. Rocky dies. Okay, which would make me incredibly sad. Yeah. By the way, Creed Three did make me cry. Every single movie in this franchise makes me cry, even the shitty fifth one. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a magic they have on me. I, I saw I saw a thing online that was really funny where someone was like, you know, whenever a new movie comes out, people are like, oh, poster rankings. Like, oh, Spider-Man No Home's coming out. Post your Spider-Man rankings. Whatever. Someone said, all right, let's see him Rocky rankings. And then someone said, I have a theory. They're all chaos, but they're all not wrong, except that Rocky Fifth is always last. Yeah. And looking at all these people rankings, I see validity in a lot of them. Yeah, for real. A lot of people had Rocky too, number one. I, I disagree. Mm-hmm. I think Because it's Rocky Four going. I, th- I think the final act of Rocky Two is insanely crowd-pleasing and really well done. Mm-hmm. But, you know... I could literally do a three-hour video on Rocky, so I'm not going to... Yeah, yeah. But my, my, quick, my quick pitch for yeah. Rock, for Creed Four, and let me preface this by saying, this would not be a good movie. <laughs> Don't do this. None of our pitches to each other are ever good. Um, False. The Spider-Man trilogy we made at 3 a.m. in college was amazing. That was Let, all, let's that not was, go there. That but, was very good. But anyway. Guess who the villain was? <laughs> that is true. Um, Rocky dies. Okay. Rocky's son, played by Milo Ventimiglia, you know exactly where I'm going with this, feels robbed of the years with his father and blames Adonis Creed because Rocky spent a lot of time with him instead of his real son. And he trains to become a boxer and challenges Adonis Creed. But Adonis doesn't want to fight Rocky's son because he's also sad that Rocky died. And the title of the movie is Creed v balboa i think your disclaimer at the front was good (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it would be an awful fucking movie it'd be terrible right a terrible movie but i'd see it (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i'd go watch it i wouldn't be happy about it (laughs) but i mean like you said any story could be good if they write it well (laughs) yeah and there's another aspect to creed 3 that makes me think it might be the last movie Mm mm-hmm that I don't want to... It's not, you, you wouldn't care if I told you. Yeah, don't tell me. But, like, 
there's it does something a, a very small thing that surprised me i was like oh wow they're like tying it all they're tying it all up yeah and it just surprised me by when they did that so <laughs> yeah anyway love creed 3 don't make my my creed 4 please don't do that recommend Big time recommend. <laughs> the only other Creed 4 I'll accept is versus the Ghost of Apollo. Clubber Lang's son. <laughs> so, I was hoping... Don't ask me why. I was hoping in Creed 3 that Clubber Lang was going to be one of the announcers at the fight. I don't know why I wanted that to happen so bad, <laughs> but could you imagine if it's like, great night here at the arena, what do you think, Clubber Lang? And it's just Mr. T. <laughs> it would have been fantastic. I pity the fool who gets in the ring with Creed. <laughs> Uh, it would have been great. It would have been great. But uh, but yes, love Creed three. The other movie I saw Ooh. was Operation Fortune, and there's a subtitle that I don't feel like uh, trying to remember right now. But it's the new Guy Ritchie film with Jason Statham and Aubrey Plaza. I really enjoyed. Sold. I really enjoyed this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Probably my number two, right behind Creed three in March. We're in March, but I really liked it. It's it's very divisive online because there are moments in the movie there are jokes that don't land. Like there are moments in the movie where they're going for something and it doesn't land, mm-hmm. but then it, mo- it like it's kind of like the first Deadpool where if it doesn't work, it just moves on. There's just then, another joke a minute later. Yes, the action scenes exceptional. Like it's the action, the action's done really well. Yes, the banter with Aubrey Plaza and Jason Statham is great. Mm-hmm. Josh Harnett is great in the movie. Always, and but I mean the scene stealer is um, what's his name? Who's in the gentleman also? Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant, scene stealer. I'm excited for him in D and D. What? He's in the D&D movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Absolute scene stealer. He's just... The, you guys haven't met Harry yet. I'm sure you will. In this movie, he's just if Harry was older and slightly worse morals. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Not that... Harry, you don't have bad morals, buddy. But I'm just saying, like, if if Harry was a bad person and older, it's just him. <laughs> Like, literally, I've heard Harry word for word say things that he says in the movie. I'm I'm not even joking. Like, Hannah. I was watching it with Hannah, and at one point he said something, and she laughed and said, oh, my God, that's Harry. And I was thinking about it in my head when she said it, and I was like, I'm glad I'm not crazy. (laughs) Like, it's him. But but anyway, um, the plot of the movie. Do you know the plot? They hire an actor for a heist? It's not a heist. They're spies, and they're okay. trying to find something that Hugh Grant's character is selling. Okay. And they're trying to get this actor to get on his good side because it's his favorite movie. It's Hugh Grant's favorite movie star. And the disguise is, oh, I'm playing a billionaire. Can I, like, shadow you? And they're trying to use him to get information about this item that he's selling so they can get it out of the wrong hands because they're a private agency. Here is the So unbearable weight of massive talent. Kind of. But here, here is the thing that makes the movie so goddamn funny mm-hmm. like it's an action movie the action's great oh by the way carrie um elus from princess bride and saw is in this movie as well and he's excellent they are hired by like the british government as a they're like an independent almost like the kingsman like they're an independent intelligence agency but there's another company like their rival company that also does intelligence and the company hires both of them and doesn't tell the other ones. So it's like spy v spy. And this almost. is early on in the movie, so it's not yeah. a spoiler. But the whole movie, a running gag, is they're on the middle of the mission and they see the other team and they're like, those motherfuckers. 
Like they're here again. Sounds we, incredible. Dude, it's so funny. <laughs> and they hack each other's cons and they just yeah. start talking shit like, get the fuck out of here. We were here first. But like it's done like in Guy Ritchie. Yeah. It's so funny. I loved it. I loved the movie. It was lots of fun. Recommend. Where would you rate it? Gentleman and Wrath of Man. Let's do his latest. Okay, his latest. Latest few. Yeah. Better than Wrath of Man. Okay. Not as good as Gentleman. I really liked Wrath of Man. Wrath of Man I'm excited good. for his new one with uh, yeah, Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. Yes, that it looks, looks quite good too. It looks really good. I feel bad this one didn't really get a big marketing push because of all the delays. Yeah. I, f- I feel like the poster's By been the way, in AMC for like 2019. I discovered why it was delayed a lot. What happened? The bad guys are Ukrainian. Whoop. Yep. That's what it was. Yep. That'll happen. I hope it's something that doesn't affect like Guy Ritchie's like. No, 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 no. Credit, I, I don't think so because it was shot way before yeah, that. You can't do I think it was supposed to come out in like twenty nineteen. Well, I just meant from the financial standpoint. Yeah, like looking at that and Wrath of Man, I don't think did too well in the box office either. No, but it, it did fine. Yeah, you know, I I think that um I don't think this movie is gonna do particularly well in the U S. Mm-hmm. But it's been doing eh, okay overseas, so we'll see. I feel like he has a you know like you always hear like I think. Robert De Niro said, like, studio movies, it's three for them, one for me. I yeah. feel like Guy Ritchie has it flipped, yeah. where he's like, one for the studio, <laughs> yeah, well, and then I get my three. three. So, like, he did Aladdin, and yeah. now he did um, Gentleman mm-hmm. and Wrath of Man, and now this. Yeah. And Nick, or the Jake Gyllenhaal one, and mm-hmm. then he's going to do Aladdin 2, yeah. <laughs> and then he's going to have his yep. other three. Yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, Does it feel very Guy Ritchie? Because immediately, that's what I didn't like about Wrath of Man. Is mm-hmm. it kind of felt not as Guy Ritchie? Yeah, like the banter's there, but yeah. just visually, yeah. stylistically, yeah. it wasn't. It, it's very much Guy Ritchie. It's not as Guy Ritchie as the Gentleman, mm-hmm. but it's it's very Guy Ritchie. And <laughs> is it no? It's no King Arthur though. I was gonna say Nicholas. Literally, what I was leading to. I can't mention Guy Ritchie without mentioning. The most underrated movie I've ever seen is his King Arthur movie. It's fucking fantastic. It's so good. And it doesn't get any fucking love. I'm going to make Hannah That's watch That's going to spike soon. your audio. I know. I realized <laughs> that when I did that. That movie is so good. It's so, so good. I love it. Yes. But, uh, did they ever make horrible... 4K for that? They did. I don't have it. Can you believe that? Yeah. Shame. I know. I'm going to get it. And I'm going to watch it immediately. But, uh, but yes. That movie bombed at the box office. Killed a franchise. I love it. It's so good. But yes, loved Operation Fortune as well. And um, a huge recommend from me. You should watch it soon as well. That is my plan. As well as Creed 3. And Cocaine Bear. I'm behind a few. Yes, watch Cocaine Bear. And uh, I think that's going to do it for the show today, bro. I think so too. Guys, the Oscars are coming. We'll have the results for you next week. This is extremely exciting. Thank you guys so much for watching. And we'll see you next time.